LWAS friends to the first ever episode of Life with Enclosing Spondylitis. My name is Michaela, and I am the creator and host of this brand new podcast. In this episode, I'm going to dive right into my AS story, starting with my diagnosis and how life has been since that pivotal day. After you listen to this episode, please help me out by giving some constructive criticism and let me know what you would like to hear in future episodes. This is the first podcast I've ever created, so I'm looking for new ways to improve and make this a podcast that brings the AS community together and helps each of us feel a little less alone. I also would like to invite each and every one of you to be a guest speaker in a future episode and share your AS journey and any advice that you may offer to help LWAS suck a little less. So let's get started. So I'm just going to give you guys a real quick biography on who I am, just so you guys can kind of get to know me a little more. I'm originally from Flagstaff, Arizona, although I wasn't born there. That's where I spent a majority of my childhood and graduated from high school in 2015. Right after graduation, I moved to Santa Barbara, California to go to the community college there. Um, It's where I met my boyfriend, who I've now been with for six years. It's where I got my first job as a medical assistant in an orthopedics office. And yeah, in 2018, I graduated with three associate's degrees from the community college, and my boyfriend and I moved to Oahu, Hawaii. Um, We now live with his mom and his grandma. We're helping take care of them, so that situation's working out really great for us. Um, Last week, I just graduated from the University of Hawaii with my bachelor's degree in psychology. And this week I started um, my master's degree program in ABA, which is Applied Behavior Analysis and Special Education. I currently work as a registered behavioral technician or an RBT. I work at an elementary school, usually one-on-one with a kiddo that has autism. And yeah, that's about it. So I was not officially diagnosed with enclosing spondylitis until I moved to Hawaii in 2019, but my back pain kind of goes back a little earlier than that. My freshman year of high school in 2012, I was very fortunate to take a trip to Peru with some of my classmates, and on the way back, driving from the Phoenix airport to Flagstaff, Arizona, um, I was in a really bad car accident and suffered from whiplash. And that was kind of the start of this ongoing neck pain um, that I had. So that was my first experience with, um, I guess, a spinal injury and spinal pain. I'm still not quite sure if that is related to enclosing spondylitis. And my rheumatologist has said that um, the ongoing consistent pain from that might be due to having AS, but we never quite figured that out. So in addition to this neck pain from the car accident, I was also suffering from hip pain um, in both hips. That started probably at the time that I started walking. I always had popping hips and just a lot of pain when I was walking. My mother took me to many different doctors throughout my childhood, especially in my teenage years. Um, Probably as I was going through puberty, the pain got a lot worse. And it wasn't until I was living in Santa Barbara, California, going to college, that I was diagnosed with hip dysplasia and a labral tear. Um, Hip dysplasia in both hips, and I ended up having surgery on the left one because it was worse. And the hip surgery was kind of 
I still don't know what really happened, but it was definitely the trigger for AS. Um, I remember the very first day when I woke up after surgery, I just had like this aching pain in my back, like all the way from my neck to my lower spine. And they were like, oh yeah, it's probably just from the surgery, you know, your body's adjusting. And as days went on and I was recovering, this back pain was just getting worse and worse. And um, no one could really explain that to me. But a few months later, I had a CT scan of my hips. And surprisingly on the results, they made a remark about my spine and suggested that I consult with a rheumatologist and test for the HLA-B27 gene, which is really, I think, miraculous that a CT or a doc, the doctor that read that CT scan was able to identify that. Because um, again, this was a CT scan on my hip, not even for my back. So I asked my surgeon, um, the doctor who did the surgery on my hips, um, you know, what this comment was about. And he was like, oh, it's probably nothing, but at some point you should probably consult with a rheumatologist and just get it checked out. So uh, then a couple months went by, I moved to Hawaii and I was finally able to schedule that appointment with a rheumatologist. I did that blood test, turned out it was positive for HLA-B27. I then got a spine MRI, a CT scan, x-rays, the whole workup, um, and my rheumatologist was positive that I had ankylosing spondylitis. So that was kind of the first time that, you know, all this was confirmed, and this was in May of 2019. So after getting that definitive diagnosis of ankylosing spondylitis, my rheumatologist suggested that I start Humira. Um, it was one of the only ones that my insurance would approve at the time since I was just diagnosed. Um, once I started Humira, it kind of helped me, but I had really high expectations for it. I thought it was going to be the thing that made all of my pain go away, and that just didn't happen. So my rheumatologist ended up putting me on Simsia. Simsia did not help me at all. Moved to Cosentix. Cosentix also did not help at all. Um, and I think I've stayed on each of those for probably anywhere from six months to maybe almost a year. And then the latest one that I started was Enbrel. Um, right away from the time I was diagnosed, my rheumatologist was really pushing for me to be on Enbrel. She said because I'm um, one of the younger AS patients, she wanted to make sure that if I got pregnant at any time, um, if everything would be safe. And I guess Embril is one of the few safe ones um, that you can continue throughout pregnancy. So I really had high, we both really had high hopes for Embril. I've been on it for almost a year now. And I kind of feel like it's about the same as Humira, um, like where it definitely helps with pain. If I ever miss a injection, which I usually do on Sundays, um, I can definitely tell within a few days after missing that injection, my pain is just through the roof. So, and I notice it does get better for a couple of days after the injection, but it's never all the way, like the pain never goes away, which is something that I guess probably won't ever happen. And <laughs> I just kind of have to come to terms with that. Um, I've also tried physical therapy on and off. Um, my physical therapist did mention that the muscles in my back are very weak, um, which was kind of hard to hear, but 
I did work on them for quite a while. I think I've done a total of probably also a year of physical therapy, again, on and off, just because my schedule is so busy. But even when I was really consistent with it, it just, I feel like it never really helped. In fact, oftentimes it would actually make the pain worse, like especially after my at-home exercises or even my in-person therapy sessions, my back would just be throbbing for like the next 24 to 48 hours. So that was also kind of why I've shied away from physical therapy, but um, it's probably something I'll end up doing again. So I don't know about you guys, but I get terrible flares or flare-ups about every month to every other month. I think it's something that's really common in most autoimmune diseases and chronic illnesses. Um, my flare-ups tend to be really bad. I usually get like this really sharp tingling pain that goes down through my shoulder and my elbow, like all through my neck, down through my spine. Sometimes it even affects my knees and my feet and my hands. And these are especially really difficult when I'm at work because um, I do have kind of a physical job. So it, yeah, the flare-ups are really difficult. I've definitely had to use some sick days for them and just like lay in bed and cry and watch TV and just try to do nothing because it's almost impossible to do anything. Um, some things that tend to help me with these flare-ups or just any time that my pain is kind of above the threshold is using a heating pad. Um, I found that to be one of the most helpful things. Um, I have one that has multiple settings and I just lay down in bed, put it underneath me and just start on the highest setting and kind of um, go down as it starts working. Um, another thing that helps me is drugs. Um, I take pills every single day. Um, it's definitely not something that I like to do or ho I hope that I'm not going to be doing this forever. But I am taking Percocet and Cyclobenzaprine, which is a muscle relaxer. So, um, yeah, again, I hope that I'm not on these forever, but right now it's the only, like, for sure thing that helps me, um, just get at least, like, two, sometimes maybe three hours of relief a day. So, I usually take them after I get home from work, which is about, like, two or three o'clock, and then I just kind of have, like, two hours of, the pain's not all the way gone, but I guess I would just say like a little less pain, enough to where I can kind of relax and find a comfortable position and just try not to think about it for a couple hours. Um, another thing that helps me is I bought this shiatsu massager off of Amazon a while ago, and it has like these heated rotating balls in it, and I just kind of like lean myself up against the wall and just kind of like slowly go down each section of my spine. And I was actually really surprised that it does help me a lot. Um, like it really helps relax the muscles because the muscles around my spine just always feel like they're like retracting from my spinal cord. Um, it's just like always this really terrible pain. So that's another thing that kind of helps me um, from my mental state or just trying to keep myself you know, not in depression all of the time or not always feeling so shitty. Um, I try to do yoga here and there and meditation. My goal is to do both of these things every day, but it doesn't always work out. So at least a couple times a week is my goal. Um, and these just kind of help me like internalize and like 
just think things through and let go of a lot of things and like anger and sorrow that I hold. Um, another thing that I do to kind of stabilize my mentality with dealing with all of these things is cleaning my house. I'm kind of a clean freak and if I come home from work and like my house is just a mess, I have two dogs, so if there's dog hair like all over the couch and all over the floor, these things just stress me out. So I try to always do like a quick 30 minute clean um, just to help myself like de-stress and be comfortable in my house. And I found that that has also really helped me. Um, another huge help is having a support system. Um, my boyfriend and I have been together for almost six years now and um, just being around him, sometimes talking to him about my pain, that really helps. But to be quite honest, I'm really um, kind of... I guess shy or like I don't know talking about my pain is something that's really hard for me to do so I tend to keep that inside I do talk to I have a therapist so I do talk to her about it but um, I only see her every couple weeks so like on a daily basis I tend to not really talk about my back pain it's something that I just kind of keep to myself I might talk to some people about it here and there but um, yeah it's one of those conversations just that I just don't really enjoy talking about. I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of why I created this podcast, hoping that, you know, we can kind of talk to each other and work through this, um, maybe make AS just a little less shitty. Um, I do have someone really important in my life. Um, it's actually my boyfriend's auntie, Auntie Oli. She suffers from a couple different chronic illnesses, um, not AS, but a few different things. So she's also injection on injection. She's been on Enbrel and Cosentix and a few other things. So it really helps to talk to her sometimes because she um, experiences a lot of similar symptoms and has really gone through a lot of the things that I'm going through right now. So I think having that in my life is just really important and um, I love her to death. And one of the last things I wanted to talk about in this episode is fears. And that's something that's really personal to me, um, something that I don't really talk about or like to share. But I do think it's important um, because I know that we all have fears um, living with ankylosing spondylitis and, you know, things that we just worry about in our future having this diagnosis. So one of my top ones is becoming a mother. Um, above all else, I would love to have at least one or maybe two kids at the most. Um, and I am terrified of becoming pregnant because I know I will not be able to take pain medications. Um, not having AS, people always complain about back pain during pregnancy, so I have no idea how much worse it could get, but it sounds like it might be a lot worse than what it is right now. So I am, that's one of my biggest fears, um, and I would love to talk to one of you guys about that, someone maybe that is a parent or has experienced pregnancy and how that kind of worked out for you. Um, another one of my fears is pain getting worse. Like I always feel like my pain is, uh, especially during flare-ups, like it's always as bad as it's going to get, but then it keeps getting worse. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how much worse could this be? Um, so yeah, I'm really worried like what is, you know, like the worst it can get, especially I'm only 24 years old. So I'm thinking like when I'm like 
40 or 50 or older, like how much worse is it going to get? Um, but I really do hope that I one day find an injection that really works for me. Uh, it sounds like they're actually coming out with some new treatments. My rheumatologist was just talking to me about a medication, like a pill form. Um, I've, I wish I remembered what it's called. I will let you guys know if you're interested um, when I talk to her next. But it sounds like there's more treatments coming out. So I'm really hoping that something comes out one day that works for me and hopefully gives me somewhat of a normal life. Okay, so this is all I have for you guys today. Um, I made a post announcing the release of this first episode on Instagram, so please feel free to comment, DM me things that you think I can improve on, any suggestions for future episodes, and of course if you're interested in becoming a guest speaker in future episodes. If you're not already following my Instagram page, please follow me for updates and more information. My page is called Life with Ankylosing Spondylitis. And I just wanted to say thank you guys so much if you listened to this whole episode. Um, I'm really excited to have started this podcast and really hope it helps bring the AS community together and again, helps life be a little less shitty. Thank you guys for listening. 